Hello, this is Cree Mitchell coming back to you again. And just want to say I've been praying for you. God bless you. If you're blessed by the podcast in any way, please contact me at Cree Mitchell 7. That's C R E M I T C H E L L, the number seven at gmail.com and let me know if you're enjoying the podcast or if you need prayer, we'll be glad to pray for you. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about something because some of us are still in shut-in, whether partial or full or quarantine or whatever. And um, there's some things that everybody's been saying about getting back to normal. What is normal? And uh, I got up early this morning and that's been on my mind. And I heard someone else mentioning in it and I thought, this is something we need to address When you look at the definition of the word normal, it means conforming to a type, standard, or regular pattern. It's not deviating from what is considered the right or the norm. It's related to or characteristic by an average intelligence or development. And uh, it's having a straight chain structure. It's related to or involving or being a normal curve or a normal distribution. And on the news, uh, government agencies, directors, the Congress, senators, the CDC, everyone has been talking about getting back to normal with the coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it. I'm just in meditating on that and looking at that. I realized this morning that we're in error when we talk about it because if you take a second and just evaluate your life over the past 10 years, you will see changes constantly that have been occurring to what your normal was. We're evolving, we're moving, we're changing so We really don't have a normal. We have what we've gotten accustomed to, what we've become um, satisfied with. But all around us and in our lives, things have been happening to disrupt the pattern. The only person that does not change is God. And he said so in Malachi 3. He's God, he changes not. He is constant. He is the normal. But we as his people are, according to 2 Corinthians 3.18, being changed or transformed into his image from glory to glory. So we are constantly being shaped, molded, transformed into his image by his word, by the circumstances that we find ourselves in. So we really, in all actuality, do not have a normal. And that is something that I had to look at and come to grips with. We're constantly moving, constantly evolving, constantly changing to be like him whether we want to be or not, and if we choose not to be like him, there's constant change anyway. It's coming whether you want it or not. The change is coming, but 
it's best to allow the change to develop us into what he would have us to be more like him. And I went back and I looked into uh, a few things and I was looking at my own stuff and asked myself a few questions. Is any person normal? The people that are kind of the same in, a, in the way they act, but they're not normal because nobody's exactly alike. Even twins, if they could be identical, their thought patterns are different. They have different desires. And then I thought, what's remained the same in my life? God is the only thing that's the same. I have changed. I've seen him in a greater way. And then I thought, okay, since we're concerned about normal, why am I wanting normal? And it's out of fear. So begin to look at what am I afraid of? And these are questions you should ask yourself. What am I afraid of with the change? Because change is inevitable. And then I realized the biggest thing that everybody around the world has been experiencing, and that's why we've been hollering we want normal, is we feel like we've lost control. But what we have to realize, change is good. And it's unavoidable that it comes. But it's good because it makes us, a, if we allow it to make us a better person, to become a better person, then we have gotten the benefit of whatever it is that has come into our life. Even with the coronavirus, we have to allow the quarantine, the non-quarantine, whatever it is, this time where we have to set ourselves aside, we have to allow it to make us better, to see life in a whole nother different realm, that there are things that we really didn't need that we thought we did. Maybe people we really didn't need to be around that we thought we needed to be around. Places we really didn't need to go that we thought we had to go. Money we really didn't need to spend that we thought we needed to. Because there's malls shut down, even now where I'm living. There's, the mall just opened up partially. Well, it opened up, but a lot of the stores did not open up back up. And I don't blame them. Because they're worried about a second wave coming through May to June. And possibly a third wave in September. So... I'm going to tell you right now, what you knew is never going to go back to the way it really was because you will have changed. You may go back to doing some of the things that you were doing, but you're going to discover that you've changed. Your desires have changed. The way you look at life, your outlook, all of that has changed when you come out of this thing. Now, when I looked in the Bible just to see change and the effects and how people do it, and I looked at Adam and Eve. Well, I went back before, you go back before that and you look at Genesis chapter one, how God created the earth and the heavens. And then in the next verse, it says, and the earth was without form and void. So if he created it, that lets you know there's something happened between verse one and two, that there was some chaos that occurred. And if you read further in the Bible, you'll discover that there was a rebellion and Lucifer the archangel was thrown and hit the earth and there was chaos and the earth was destroyed and God started again. Verse two, he started back recreating change. 
Then he decides to create Adam, his man, in his own image, in his own likeness. First time he's done this being and gives him his spirit and puts him in this beautiful garden and gives him command, subdue the earth, replenish it, multiply, but don't eat of that one tree. Because if you eat of that one tree, it's going to cause change, systematic changes. And the first thing that changed was the inside of Adam when he ate of the tree. The next thing that changed was he the covering he had. In Psalms it says man was covered. God covers himself with light, and if we were created in God's image, which we were, I believe, and the Bible historians believe, that man was covered with light. That's why it didn't matter that he was naked. He was covered with light. So now man has lost that light. He knows he's naked. So he has to go with natural clothing. God makes him natural clothing, gives it to him and his wife, and push them out of the garden so that they will live in the state, the sinful nature state, for all eternity. So man goes from his physical body being able to live forever to the change of death. And then we go to Noah and his generation, how they were in Noah chapter 6, how they were sinning and doing all kinds of evil. And what ended up happening, God goes to Noah and tells him, Look, your generation is sinning and I, it's reached a point. I'm going to destroy the earth, but you will find righteousness in my sight. So, my sight. So, I'm going to save you and your family. And I want you to build this ark, take the animals. And so Noah begins to build the ark, but he also begins to try to reach out, to try to what we would call evangelize the people around him, to get them to believe, to to decide to come into this ark with them and believe. And well, they had never heard of rain. They had never seen a flood. They didn't believe him. They made fun of him. He builds his ark. And I believe it was about 100 years of him doing and building him and his sons. They get their wives. They go into the ark with the animals. God seals it, and the rain becomes. The flood comes. All of mankind is destroyed. So it rains for 40 days and 40 nights, and then for weeks and weeks after that, after the rain stops, they're still in this ark with these animals. Change, because you go from being able to walk free to being confined in the space. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Confined into a space, you're quarantined. But to keep you safe, God has you in there. And it's kind of like what we're dealing with now where the medical professionals are, are in the different state agencies and cities are, are saying we're on lockdown for a certain amount of time and people, I can't do it, I can't do it. Can you imagine what Noah was going through? Because we can, in a way, where I'm at, in, and in just about every city I know you can, certain times you can go to the grocery store and get things and go back. They want you to wear masks, they want you to wear gloves so you can get out to a point, but not like you were. 
But Noah wasn't able to get out. So he was stuck in there with those him and those other seven people and all the animals and feeding them and his normal was gone. And he was in a foreign situation. What do you do? He trusted God and they wrote it out. He sent out the raven, he sent out the dove. Finally, the dove came back with an olive branch. So that let him know the waters are beginning to recede. When he sent the dove out for the last time, it flew and didn't come back. So then he waited and then he opened, God told him to open the ark. And I've got the feeling that Noah may not have been in this same place he was at when he got in the ark. It was in a different area. I don't know. But he gets off the ark. Animals are off. And he does a sacrifice. And God gives him the promise of the rainbow. Never going to destroy the earth with water again. Was his promise. And so Noah's out, but all the people he knew, except for his family, are gone. So he can't go back to the way it was. The earth doesn't really look the way it did because of the water. Things have shifted and moved. So Noah has to start all over again. Changing. Evolve. You can't go back to the way it was. You got to go back to something move forward to something different. And that's kind of where we are now. We cannot expect, and it's ludicrous to expect, to go back to the way things were, because we cannot. Because I'm telling you people, they're warning us of a second and a third wave. So take the precautions the medical people tell you to take. There's recipes online for hand sanitizers. There's recipes online for how to make... uh, the wipes, I know it's hard sometimes maybe to find Clorox. You may have to go to different places to find the supplies that you need. But ask God, he will guide you. I asked him and he always guides me. So I'm telling you, but we have to be mindful like Noah to realize that the time we're living in and in previous times also, things are constantly changing. People are moving off the scene. People are coming on the scene. We're all constantly changing and evolving and growing. And if we don't learn the lesson that God wants us to learn in this situation, we will repeat this again and again in some other kind of way. We've got to learn a lesson. People said, do you believe God caused the coronavirus? I know he did. He said, every good gift comes from him. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's come to give life and to give it more abundantly. But God will take the bad that comes in our lives, that tries to come against us, according to Romans 8, he will turn it around for good for us because we love him and are called according to our purpose. He will turn it around for good for even the ones that don't know him if they try to do right. Because in us is a basic instinct and desire to do right, to do good. That desire is there. Now, we, may, we need help with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, but that desire is there. And there are some good people who are not Christian, who are not anything, who don't believe in anything, but they are good. There are some that even are better at being good and loving and kind than some folk in the church. 
So do not think because you go to church, that's an umbrella to keep you safe. Because I go to church, God's word, because I tell No, we have to love him. We have to do right. We have to speak the word. There are some Christian people who are dying from this virus. I read where there were like 30 bishops from one organization, went to a conference, came down with it, and they started dying in their wives. So I'm telling you, it has nothing to do with going to church. We have to make sure our relationship with him is right and step back and see what he wants us to see. I told you at the beginning of the year, the Lord told me 2020, this year was a year of clarity. And it is. And this coronavirus quarantine is a way for us to step back. And God is wanting the whole world, all of mankind, to get clarity. Whether you're Christian, a Jew, a Muslim, whatever it is, you whether you're a believer or not, Buddhist, whatever, Hindu, whatever, he wants you to have some clarity about your life, about the lives around you, about humanity. Because we've been so inward focused on me, my, and I. And on money and getting and grabbing. Until we've forgotten the basic things. The love of God. The fellowship even with the people in our own home. Developing a relationship with them. If there isn't anybody there of the people that are around you. We all have a village. And if you look in some of my podcasts, I talk about the village. We all have a village. We're part of a village. We're either a village person or a villager to somebody else. But we have a village. And we need to be loving our village people, touching them in certain ways. And we and there's some that we need to drop off. This is a time of reflection where God may say, drop off. There may be, a, and then there's others where God will say, reconnect to. You may have had to drop off with them years ago, reconnect with them now. That's the thing. But we're, we're changed into his image according to 2 Corinthians 3.18, from glory to glory. And it's because of the fact we take the time, as Psalms always says, Selah, pause and calmly think of what God's saying and what he's doing at this time. Because I'm going to tell you, there's going to be some churches that are not going to be able to sustain. And I know I said it, you're not. There are going to be some mega churches that are not going to be able to sustain. They're either going to downsize or they're going to go away. There's some little churches that are not going to be sustained. There's some little churches that are going to be sustained. But you have to be at the point of something that my grandpa, Joe, used to say all the time. And he was prophetic and he spoke, he spoke about this time. And in a couple of my podcasts, I mentioned it. He told me when I was eight, I won't live to see it, but you will. And you're going to see starvation in the land of plenty. And you're going to have to be able to serve God under your own vine and fig tree. He said, and I need you, you better remember that the time you're living in. And he said, you're going to need to be independent. Not dependent on others. We depend on God. But you're going to have to be self-sustaining in certain areas and not rely on other people. We got to rely on God. God has got to be our focus, not on other people. And if you're a pastor and you're listening, I'm warning you and I'm telling you, if your faith is in the congregation, 
you better get an adjustment. Because the word of God tells us that all things will be shaken so that only those things that cannot be shaken will remain. And so we have to get to that point where our faith and our trust is in God. We say it, but in this time which we're living in, and I'm telling you, pastors and ministers, evangelists, prophets, and teachers, every word that you have said over those pulpits into the lives of other people, you're going to be tested and tried on it to see if what you really believe is what you said. And this is a time, it happens periodically, even to me. God will cause us to, to walk through. Jesus in John, St. John, it says he was led in the spirit to be tempted by the devil. He was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The spirit led him into the wilderness. He was, and the spirit knew that the devil was there to tempt him. But he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. We are being led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. And we are have to, we're going to have to endure whatever temptations, tests, and trials that come our way. And our focus and our faith has to be in God and in His Word. And it's a reevaluation. It's a cutting back. We cannot go back to the way it used to be. This pandemic has caused churches to rethink and reevaluate. I've seen more online ministry, people online on ministry, uh, Bible teachings, daily prayers, uh, prayers on with phone groups. These are the things that we needed to do because tomorrow we don't know what else is going to come. We are not, we cannot go back to the way it was. And it is ludicrous for you to attempt to do that because it's going to cost you greatly. God is demanding that we move on, that we change and move into, go into the next realm. And I don't know what that next realm is. And I don't think you do either. But we got to be ready. And we don't have a norm. It's just like when the children of Israel in Exodus chapters 13 and 14. They get to the Red Sea and uh, Pharaoh is there and Pharaoh's coming against them. And they're telling Moses, what did you do? Bring us in the wilderness to, for us to die. Were there, were there no graves in Egypt? We had onions back there. We had this back there. We had that back there. But what they also had was bondage, slavery. Pharaoh told them what to do, when to do it. If he wanted to take their wives, he took them and their daughters, whatever. He took what he wanted. He kept them in bondage. He made them slaves. They had to make bricks. They had to build the pyramids. They did, they did what he wanted done. They had no freedom of their own. They were told what to do. So they're telling Pharaoh, I mean, they're telling Moses, you brought us out here to die. We should have stayed with Pharaoh. It was better with Pharaoh than out here. So Moses goes to God. God said, I hear the cry of the people. Raise up your staff. He parts the Red Sea and they go across. Pharaoh gets the bright idea that he's the allness of the muchness. He's going across too. If they can do it, I'm doing it. I'm Pharaoh. What he doesn't understand is that Pharaoh does not have a relationship with God. That Moses and the children of Israel were developing. So Pharaoh and his people drown. They drown. So I'm telling you, if you're hollering about going back to the norm, that's Egypt. You gotta let that go. And you're at the Red Sea. God wants you to walk across. That's what the quarantine is. Walk across it. Deal with it. Don't murmur, grumble, and complain. Because murmuring, grumbling, and complaining was what the children of Israel did in the wilderness. Each time they 
came across an obstacle that forced them to grow in their faith even the more. They murmured, grumbled, and complained. And the older ones ended up dying out. They did not get to go into the promised land. Only the younger ones went in with Joshua. So do not murmur, do not grumble, do not complain. Accept the fact that this is where God has us for now. And he may keep us here a while. And we may get out and go right back. So I'm warning you. But you take this time to allow God to develop your faith and face some fears. There's some things that you have to face. There's some things that you have to deal with. I think about Ruth in the book of Ruth, uh, Naomi, her and her husband and her sons go into Moab. They left Israel. And then her husband dies, her sons die. She's left with two daughters-in-law and she's bitter and angry at God because she and her husband left their promised land and went into Moab. It doesn't say God sent them. They went on their own because of the famine. And so she goes back and sends one, she sends the daughter-in-laws back, but one refuses to go. Ruth stays with her. She says, your God is my God. Your people are my people. Where you, where you live, I will live. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. God do so to me and more. If nothing but death separates us. You find that in Ruth chapter one. So Naomi lets her go. They go. And Ruth's faith in the God of Naomi begins to open doors for her. And it, it lights a spark even in Naomi to believe again. And God blesses them with a kinsman who marries her, their child. And God restores them back to help more than what they had. But they had to go through a process. And people are saying, well, yeah, Naomi went back. Naomi went back because it doesn't say Naomi was ever supposed to leave in the beginning. So she had to go back to where God wanted her. But she had to leave Moab to do it. So I'm telling you, it's a process. Every year we're getting older. Every year we're changing physically. Hopefully we're growing up mentally and emotionally and spiritually. There's a constant change. We are constantly changing. Change is not bad. Change is good. You got to embrace it. Do not be afraid of the future. God has the best for us. We just have to trust him in it. We have to. Jesus knows what he's doing. He loves us. This is Cree Mitchell saying, I love you. God bless you. And I'm praying for you. Father God, I ask that you touch our listeners now, that you strengthen them. Father, where they're weak in their bodies, we speak health and healness, holding. We speak health and healing and wholeness to them right now. Father, we speak to their finances. Father, right now, we bind any hurt, harm, or danger. Father, we speak prosperity to them, Father, that you will provide for them no matter what, that you are their provider, that you love them. You're not doing anything evil to them, but you're bringing them out into great abundance and that you're gonna that they're going to come out on the other side of this with clarity, with new vision, with hope, faith in you, and they're going to be better than they've ever been. And we're going to be changing the world. And it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not, praying this prayer over you in Jesus' name, that God will use you as a light to speak to others, to touch their lives for good, for blessing, not for cursing. You are not under a curse. Someone here believes they're under a curse. I bind the spirit of witchcraft and the thoughts of cursing right now. I lose 
the word of God, the blood of Jesus. You are blessed beyond measure. You are a descendant of Abraham. You're his seed and his blessings fall upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. This is Cree Mitchell again saying I love you. Hit me up on creemitchell7gmail.com and I would love to hear from you. God bless you and be blessed.